I have been waiting for you. I'm not sure I've made your acquaintance. I am surprised you could have forgotten me so easily after I killed your master and you left me for dead on Naboo. It is you. You may have forgotten me, but I will never forget you. You cannot imagine the depths I would go to to stay alive, fueled by my singular hatred for you. That may be so, but I defeated you before, and I can defeat you again. <laughs> Don't be so certain. I'm tired of being thankful for scraps. Still, they want us to love them anyway. One day, somebody's gonna have to make a stand. One day, somebody's gonna have to say enough. You get your ass to work and save my country from these cock-sucking Republicans. He's riding his horse through town to send those warning shots and bells that uh, we were going to be secure and we were going to be free. Too little, too late, too obvious. Madam, you are a clear and present danger to the safety and security of this nation. When it comes to bullshit, Big time, major league bullshit. You have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims. Religion. No contest. No contest. Reveal to us God's will that we may blindly obey. Free us from thought and responsibility. We shall read things off you. Then do them. Your words guide us. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Try and work together. You serious? I just, I just told you that a moment ago. Hello, everybody. This is episode something. Uh, we'll say 187. Um, Frank is not here. Our schedules just did not coincide. So uh, I give you a fair warning now. Go ahead and shut it off if you only listen for Frank. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but with just me here, uh, I say we start with the audio clips now. After this ad, of course, which uh fantastic. There's one person I really thought would have known better. Students can have sex right. all they want, right? At, right. Law, at law school, any place they That's want. Right. But do they have a right to play the victim right. when, when they don't get all of their birth control covered. I didn't go before Congress but and testify right about how... And this woman is such an idiot. Megan Kelly on Fox why News. Why does this woman have a sense of entitlement yes. that is indicative that it, of, a, of a larger attitude in the country now that if you don't have, somebody else is supposed to provide? Yeah, yeah no. I understand Megan Kelly doesn't think the government or employers should ever be required to subsidize someone's sex. Unless... The United States is the only country in the advanced world that doesn't allow paid, doesn't require paid maternity leave. Now, I happen to work for a nice employer that gives me paid maternity leave. What is it about getting pregnant and carrying a baby nine months that you don't think deserves a few months off so bonding and recovery can take place? Hmm? You know where that maternity leave came from, right? <laughs> nine months prior, half a bottle of Chablis. DVD copy of the notebook, scented candles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you took maternity leave and employers were required to pay that for you, we paid for you to have sex, which, by the way, 
fine, you deserve it. Well, that was that was loud and annoying. It just boggles my mind how people can be they they just can't see the hypocrisy of the of the the crap that they I'm trying to type in hypo- hypocrisy into into Facebook to get to my page. <laughs> awesome. Ah, okay. So let's see what we have here for uh, stuff that's posted because there's a lot. Um, Why don't we start with this L. Ron Hubbard's great-grandson mocks Scientology. That's that's probably good for a LARF. Hi. I don't have to hide my face because I already know who I am. How you guys doing? Can you speak for the camera a moment, Jimmy? Yes. What's up? I heard you on Bubba. Yes, Bubba the Love Sponge. It was wonderful. It was good. It was, uh, I was a little hungover when I did the interview. <laughs> uh, that's that what made right. it great. Though. Yeah, they uh, they are all about dissing on the Scientologists down on the show, which is awesome. Many of y'all have been to Clearwater? Anybody here been to Clearwater? Clearwater is, once you go to that city, you will see Big Brother in full effect. I mean, they have their own bus line down, you know, downtown. They have 200 video cameras everywhere. I couldn't get a stick of gum in a liquor store because I'm an SP or whatever. And uh, it's obvious they just have completely overthrown and overtaken the town. And, you know, so it's completely surrounded and you feel that compound type quality to it. So it's scary as shit walking around. You see the little fresh-faced Scientologists getting off the bus and walking around in their pseudo-military uniforms and looking like a failed Navy student. And, you know, so, uh, hey, uh, Jamie, can they join the military? Can they join the military? They wear Navy uniforms. Do they join the I military? I think most Scientologists would probably get shot in a regular military confrontation, so that would be my guess. I mean, it, a lot of it just came from Elrond's sick, pathetic, you know, need to to uh, reclaim his very sad and sort of pathetic military history. So, uh, you know, he's obsessed to being the Commodore and the Skipper. So, uh, yeah, now you've got David Miscavige wearing this shit with fucking ten tassels hanging off it. And, is he Gilligan? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who he is. He's a puppet. You know, he's a puppet that talks to the fist. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who David Miscavige is. Wacky, wacky guy. Asthmatic dwarf, they call him. Marty yeah. Norman calls him the asthmatic dwarf. So you guys been out here for two hours? Oh, yeah. Jamie, yeah. yeah. why'd you come out today? Uh, I came out today because I missed the other ones. Uh, I, I missed the other ones for various reasons. And someone, you, kept harassing me and was like, awesome, fucking mom, mom, mom. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, all right. All right. Maybe someone will buy me a beer because I got cold eater blood in me or something. I don't know. You need a beer? Uh, I'll hook you up. Yeah, I'll take a beer. Um, a lot of it is that that I I like the new. I like the new slant that Anonymous is taking. I like the more subversive, wacky quality to it. Um, Ex-Scientologists, and a lot of them don't seem to get this, is after I've done those shows, I'm wary, period, of dealing with Scientology for many reasons. Because one, a lot of ex-Scientologists are just as fucking whacked out as Scientologists, and they have a lot of beef with the system, but they still believe in the teachings. And me, me, I feel the whole thing is, is the whole premise is, is bullshit. I mean, when you have a science, with no control and no case studies and actually no evidence right I mean it 
if, if you know, if, if Stephen King ran through the streets saying that werewolves are attacking the city, you're not going to believe it. A science fiction author says that, you know, he's, he's got the new religion. Why should you believe? I mean, it's. I, I feel that this new attack and this new sort of confrontation, I like the balls of it, and I'm behind that. I'm behind the, uh, the sort of more Burning Man fucking type, subversive, scary, Commedia dell'arte approach, and I support that, goddammit. Because Scientologists are fucking weird, and even, even amongst cults, they are... Uh, a singular breed, and uh, I, I think that I think that I I I'm surprised they still exist. And I try to explain that to people that most cults vanish when their leader dies. The fact they haven't is a testament to how brilliant and ambitious the structure is with Scientology, how successful the pyramid scam is, and how much money that motherfucker made before he died. And so the fact that they were able to crew that much funds and own these many franchises and buildings and be entrenched. And we're also at a dangerous point in history where they're trying to make the conversion. Any religion is just a cult that's been around long enough. And so Scientology is trying to to get past the growing pains of you know federal indictments and, and jail and charges and, and all of that and try to escape their besmirched past and sort of move into to just hammer in this this aura of respectability. And they know if they keep hammering in celebrities and they keep hammering in this sort of public facade, they're gonna create more distance from the point that they were almost shut down in America. And we're still at that bridge and still at that gap. And you know, anything anybody can do to halt that or stop it should be encouraged, really, because you know, I think Mormons are fucking crazy too, and I'll say that to the face. You know, I think Christians are fucking crazy too, and I, I don't I don't really have a lot of respect for most organized religions. I'm I'm a big fan of, of you know, why do you need a God handed to you when you can just invent one yourself? Why not invent it? I mean, Elrond proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, a lot of people mistake that I, I, I dislike my great-grandfather or whatnot. I actually have a lot of respect for him in terms of just his hustle, his uh, his sheer balls. And I got a lot of respect for someone who's just that parasitic of human souls and, <laughs> and was just really out for, for, you know, going for the gold and was on some Scarface, get the money and the power and the pussy and like he was all about it and you know he didn't have morality in his way you know and I, I kind of respect that I, I think and, I mean, <laughs> just, just the fact that you have a con man that is that versatile and becomes that diluted over time and you know is, is flying around on his jets and, and flying around you know sailing around on his own private yacht with little messenger girls and hot pants and shit like that that's kind of that rider hammering away wet ass to go from a side westerns and and pulp fiction and shit like that to becoming this this you know warlord court leader you know and dying a billionaire it's pretty impressive it's not a bad it's not a bad uh, slide but I don't have respect for sheep I don't have respect for lemmings and the sad thing is is I, I especially don't have respect for something that only calls itself a religion so they can hide under tax brackets in America and hide behind the shield of that but at the same time really parades itself as a science that's just dangerous not to mention most of their science this is Jack from Freud anyways. You know, the reactive mind and all that subconscious it is the same bullshit. So and it's shit that he came up with in the fifties and you know, Zeno, you can't fuck with Z I mean Zeno Zeno is still alive in a cave somewhere, so everyone needs to watch out. It's one of those days those 
chains are coming loose. All right, these Scientologists are going to be in a world of shit when that happens. So whenever he comes around. So I mean, stuff like South Park and Zeno and so on. That's the Scientology people need to know because Scientology is brilliant at indoctrinating people with personality tests and leading them in and making it easy and making it pop psychology and making it a real easy slide into the weird, you know, cloistered world of it. And it's really brilliant at manipulative programming. You know, I mean, you're, you're using an e-meter, it's basically a lie detector, you're giving yourself hypnosis, you're training other people in hypnosis, you become indoctrinated in this entire alternate universe with its own terminology and slang, you're giving yourself little electric shocks when you put the little e-meter on, electrified juice cans, and it's pretty ingenious in terms of cult programming. I, I don't imagine, it'd be difficult to create this in a film and actually perpetuate it. It would seem like bad sci-fi, you know, and, and the fact is that it, it continues to perpetuate and the fact that documents like Xeno are still out there and yet they still survive and still manage to perpetuate themselves as a science is audacious, you know, is, is really pretty amazing. So you need something as ridiculous as the anonymous and you guys to come out and, and contrast them with the absurdity of your damn selves. So I'm cheering for that. That's my vote. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Can we go over that now? Yeah, let's go after I think we all know that Scientology is just a big bunch of bullshit. But it's interesting to see a relative of the man that created it. <clears throat> Um, what he thinks of it and what he thinks of his, of his relative. <clears throat> that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. I was going to stop it because it was eight minutes long, but I, f- he just kept going and he just kept making sense. So I, uh, decided to go with it. My computer's being a little finicky. Wants to give me a, a pinwheel every time I, uh, decide to move a page, but that's okay. I had a thought the other day. Um, now Catholics, particularly out of out of all of the religions, so we'll focus on them. Um, they seem to they, they they seem to think that they're persecuted. That there's something that that we all know. We all know the the uh, made up Catholic persecution argument that's going on. So I was driving around. I was driving over to Bill's house to do outside the cinema, and I was thinking that maybe. Um, Part of the reason why that particular group is so angry in general has to do with the fact that their shit is not in order. Their house is a complete and total mess. So instead of actually going in and making the changes that need to be done that honestly um, I don't I don't think can be made, um, maybe instead of that, they're just going to look for scapegoats and atheists are actually a very good scapegoat because nobody fucking trusts us anyway. So I don't know. I'd like to hear you guys thoughts on that. Um, if it is more of a, of a scapegoat situation, um, then a go in and, and fix the corruption and child molestation and all that and actually face what's going on and this this goes through to the uh to the brainwashed sheeple as well that will defend the religion and and the actions of the church to no end and all the while ignoring everything else that's going on um i don't know just a just a thought i had 
So moving on to another subject, um, David um, posted a link here to, and we don't talk uh, nearly enough Miley Cyrus on this show, do we? Um, but she got a tattoo, and honestly, it's the smallest thing. It looks like it, it looks like it's just just pen written on uh, in between her uh, in between her knuckles on her middle finger on the side. Um, she has an equal sign. And the story here says, last August, singer and actress Miley Cyrus added some new ink to her body, a small equal sign on her middle finger in support of same-sex marriage. I, w- I would imagine so that she could flip off Rick Santorum and show him at the same time that she's for a marriage equality. Uh, the 19-year-old, who has become an activist for gay rights in recent months, has penned a piece for Glamour magazine that explains why she decided to tattoo the cause to her body. Cyrus writes that the idea of not being able to marry the person you love more than anything in the world makes her feel sick to her stomach. She explained that when she, that might be a little bit of hyperbole, uh, to be fair. She explained that when she first shared a photo of her new tattoo on her Twitter page and wrote, all love is equal, she was mocked and inundated with comments asking, what happened to you? You used to be a Christian girl. Fucking idiots. Miley responded with grace to her critics, writing, If you were a true Christian, you would have your facts straight. Christianity is about love. The debate resulted in threats and hate mail and eventually led her to asking everyone to just lay off. That's very Christian of them, isn't it? Miley explains in Glamour, I believe every American should be allowed the same rights and civil liberties without legalized same-sex marriage. Most of the time, you cannot share the same health benefits, you are not considered next of kin, and you are not granted the same securities as a heterosexual couple. How is this different than having someone sit in the back of the bus because of their skin color? While some might have chided her for the tattoo, many others were impressed with Cyrus, especially when she called out Urban Outfitters CEO Richard Hayne on Twitter for donating money to anti-gay rights politician Ricky Santorum. Uh, and his campaign. I was shocked and disappointed that a company with such diversity would exclude such a large group of people, she writes in the magazine. I can no longer bring myself to shop there. Miley, who also posed for the No Hate campaign, notes that even her father, country singer Billy Ray Cyrus, who is as southern and straight as they come, loves her gay friends and supports same-sex marriage, adding, if my father can do it, anyone can. Well, if that man can pull off a mullet 15 years after they were popular, then she is right. Uh, Cyrus was recently blasted by the Culture and Media Institute over private photos of the pop star goofing around, posing with a penis-shaped cake. She's 19, so so what? The Institute was infuriated, claiming she's become the epitome of the anti-role model for young girls. Yeah, because it, it was a private photo, so that... Oh, fucking people. It's true Cyrus has had her fair share of trivial scandals raising, ranging from sexy photos to her alleged affinity for marijuana. I'm not seeing any problems. But it's also clear that she's matured into a young woman who is passionate about equal rights for people, which makes it hard to deny her status as a positive role model. Not bad. Not bad. I'm, I'm actually kind of, kind, of, kind of surprised. I had no idea she was doing that kind of stuff. Um, I think we will move on because I really don't have anything else to say about that there. And, um, I'm going to read a couple of these 
and then uh, then we're gonna stop for a break. Uh, Anthony posted a hundred tweets, and of course the page is loading as I'm trying to read it. A <laughs> hundred real tweets from homophobes who would murder their gay child. Now it's the internet, so a huge grain of salt, like the size of a car. Um, it's hashtag to my unborn child, which could be really sweet and nice, but here's some of them to my unborn child. If you so much as think about being a homosexual, I'll put a bullet in your damn skull. That guy should put a bullet in his damn skull because he's thought about it to my unborn child. You bet not be gay because I will hang you letter you at the first sign of gayness. So. According to that sentence, a child can't even be happy, but with a parent like that, who could be? Sorry, that was a drinking coffee noise. To my unborn child, I'll kill you if you were gay. To my unborn child, if you turn out gay, I will burn you alive. I think all this, is if these are true, this would be admissible as evidence. To my unborn child, you better not be gay, me, uh, fee, I don't even know, it was just a bunch of... I don't know. Looks like the chorus of one of the songs from The Sound of Music there. To my unborn child, if you're gay, I'll kill you. That's pretty straight to the point. Um, oh, see now, I don't agree with this. To my unborn child, if you're gay, I will beat you to death with a Bible. The username of this homophobe has been removed upon request. I wouldn't have done that because you posted it. So tough shit. But that's fantastic. I will beat you to death with a Bible. I I wouldn't even say that to anybody. As a joke. To my unborn child, if you're gay, you will sleep in the oven. I'll kill you and make another. Let me skip down here. A lot of them are pretty much the same thing. Turn out gay and I'll murder you. That's when you turn out gay, I'll murder you. I don't even know what some of these words mean. It's very, I would love to see a cross-section of age, um, highest grade completed in school, um, ethnicity, because looking through here, I really think that the Mormon church has done a fucking job on on the African-American community to turn them against equal rights for people. Huh. How about that? hypocrites so tired anyway anyway i could only get it through about 20 of them earlier and that's all i can get through now um yeah so oh here's a nice disgusting one from angie moroccan girl commits suicide after being forced to marry her rapist that would have been great if there was a t in front of her then it would therapist but it's not it's her rapist a 16 year old moroccan girl has committed suicide after a judge ordered her to marry her rapist according to moroccan media reports last year amina al falal's parents filed charges against their daughter's rapist a man 10 years older than her but it was only recently that a judge in the northern city of tangier decided that instead of punishing him the two must be married so that's a nice Nice uh, Stone Age view of marriage then, too. The court's decision to forcibly marry Amina and her rapist was supposed to, quote, resolve the damage of sexual violation against her, but it led to more suffering in the unwelcoming home of her rapist-slash-husband's family. 
After I filed a complaint against him, he said he will marry her. And when he married her and took her into his family's home, he mistreated her. (gasps) Really? Beating her and leaving her to starve with no food. Zara Maliam, Amina's mother, told Morocco's 2M TV, not MTV, 2M TV. Traumatized by the painful experience of rape, Amina decided to end her life by consuming rat poison in the house of her husband's family, according to Moroccan daily El Masai. Masai? I don't know. According to the newspaper, this type of forced marriage is rooted in local rural traditions to safeguard the honor of girls who are raped. All right, I know you're all thinking it, so I'll just say it out loud. That shit makes no fucking sense. You know what defends the honor of girls? Not fucking raping them in the first place. How about killing the rapist? Maybe the rapist could get uh, raped to death. That would be good. That's that's what jail's for, right? Moroccan penal code exempts a rapist from punishment if he agrees to marry his victim. When the judge said they will marry, I did not agree, but I could not challenge the law. I wanted that man, the rapist, to go to prison. Lassan Al-Falal, Amina's father, told the M, uh, the 2M. That's the uh, the TV channel. Uh, let's see. At first, I did not agree to this marriage, but when the Court of Family Affairs called me and pressured me, I agreed, he said. What fucking year is it over there? Feminists have long demanded an amendment to this article. Hafida Elbaz, director of the Women's Solidarity Association, told Amase that the article provides an opportunity for a perpetrator to avoid punishment. The story has widely spread on Twitter and Facebook, with many in Morocco demanding action against the judge who issued this ruling. Ah, yeah, I don't really disagree with that last part. Fucking ridiculous. So, all right, um... (laughs) Before I forget and I just keep reading stuff, I'm going to take a break and uh, I'll be right back. Hey everybody, I just want to take a second and tell you about a new website that is actually really interesting. It's called Beergiver, B-E-E-R-G-I-V-R dot com. And the whole idea behind this is, is splashed on the front page. It says, owe someone a beer, maybe a missed party, birthday, or you lost a bet. No excuses. Time to pay up. Here's how it works. Through Beergiver, you can buy an individual a drink or a round of drinks. All you need are three pieces of information personalized message, dollar amount, and the person's phone number. The friend will get a text message with a gift code, which is essentially beer money. You show your phone to a bartender at a participating bar, and you have money taken off your bill. Or if you're not at a participating bar, they can forward the money to their PayPal account. So essentially, free beer. This has been started in the Baltimore area. Some of the following bars and restaurants that currently accept Beer Giver are Alewife, Alonzo's, and Loco Ombre, Bad Decisions, Bartenders, that's in Canton, Brewer's Cask, Bond Street Social, Dark Horse Saloon, Finnegan's Wake, John Stephen Limited, Langerman's, No Idea Tavern, 
the Americana, the Hill, Tommy's Downtown Tavern, and the Waterfront Hotel Bar. Honestly, I think this is a fantastic idea, and I really can see this taking off. Check out the website if you live in the area or if you know someone in the area, in the Baltimore area. So it's B-E-E-R-G-I-V-R dot com. Beer Giver. And while you're at it, why don't you follow him on Twitter at Beer Giver, B-E-E-R-G-I-V-R. And of course, you can find him on Facebook, facebook.com slash Beer Giver, B-E-E-R-G-I-V-R. Check it out. I went to the doctor the other day, and of course I have um, two new pills. And oh, that's crazy glue that shouldn't be near my pills. That's fucking dangerous. And I have an inhaler because I actually uh, do have asthma instead of taking that primatine mist that actually hurts. So I have one for allergies, one for heartburn, and the inhaler. And the doctor seems to think that the allergies and um and and my weight could um could factor into my breathing issues, which would be really nice if I could get the whole thing to go away. Um, she said, you know, losing 10 pounds might be enough to alleviate the problem, which which is good because I think I can manage that. But I wanted to throw a question out there to people, maybe people that have kids. Um, now, I've been, I've been saying to myself, you know, when I turn 40, I'm not going to, you know, fall into the typical, oh, I need to get a motorcycle because I've been saying I need to get a motorcycle for like 20 years. And that uh, just that shit just hasn't materialized. Um, but I'm not gonna go have a midlife crisis. I'm not gonna worry about things that I need to do or haven't done because I'm actually all in all pretty satisfied with how things are. Uh, because if things went different, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here in front of the microphone. I wouldn't have two girls. I wouldn't be married to the girl I'm married to now. Um, I wouldn't be listening to some asshole outside revving a motorcycle. <laughs> or a stock car actually is what it is. Welcome to Are You Serious? The in 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 Alabama, apparently. No, sorry. Um what I think about every now and then, because you know, the girls are four years old, they just turned four. Um I worry about dying. Not not what's gonna happen after, because I firmly believe that I'm not even gonna know what happened. It's not going to be like everything goes black or, or anything like that, you know. And I'm talking like sudden, quick, like massive stroke or or hemorrhaging in the brain, and I'm just out and I drive the car off the road or something. Um, but it and that it doesn't it doesn't bother me. It it kind of you know scares me a little bit, but not not to the degree that you know. It, it normally or or used to in the past what bothers me is that i won't get to i wouldn't get to see them grow up i know eventually i will die and i won't see the girls anymore i won't be around for my daughters or see them um so before i call a therapist and and i um i waste a lot of money on uh sitting down and talking about this and carving time out of my schedule, which would then carve into this show because I have very little free time now. I want to know from people out there that have parents that, that, that are parents that have yeah, people that have parents. My God. Um, 
is this is this a normal thing like like when the girls were younger you know they couldn't talk they could you know you had to do everything for them now they're getting to be very self-sufficient and i really really enjoy being around them because we can talk and do stuff and they can joke and they're really smart and so i'm just wondering is the is is worrying about not being around a normal thing um is this is this something every parent goes through so um that that that's it for that um just you know write in or call in or put put it up on facebook and start a discussion about it um i i i would tend to side with that that it does seem to be a normal thing um because they are the best thing ever for me um and my wife knows if she's listening that <laughs> you know it's the same thing for her so i can't take offense to that so why would she take offense to it if i said it um but it'd be nice to know that other people feel like that and that it's that it's a normal thing and hopefully that it'll pass because i don't think i can take every day driving home from work and then all of a sudden you know 15 minutes into it i'm sitting there stuck in traffic and that's what i'm thinking about dying because that's kind of counterproductive to everything anyway so enough enough being down on that. I that's just been on my mind for like the last couple months. So um I finally felt like I could talk about it. So back to the stories. <laughs> Sandy put up employers could ask why women are on the pill. A proposed law in, and this is where I would have Frank guess, and he would first guess Florida, and I'd say no, and then he would guess South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and I would say no, 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 and I'd say Arizona, and he'd go, of course it's Arizona. Arizona would give employers the right to ask women why they are on birth control. State lawmakers are considering the bill to give employers the option to deny women contraception coverage. If they are morally or ethically opposed to the use of birth control for whatever reason. Arizona already has a law that allows religious employers to deny coverage for moral reasons. We know all this this bullshit. The new bill is an expansion of it. The American Civil Liberties Union says this violates women's rights. I think that violates privacy rights too because if it's medical, that's uh, iffy. Women who need to use birth control for health reasons would be allowed coverage, but they would have to say why. The ACLU says a woman should not have to, a woman, I did say that right, didn't I? Should not have to tell her employer why she is using contraception. The bill passed in the House and a Senate Judiciary Committee. It is now headed to the full state Senate. If it passes there, it goes back to the House before heading to the governor's desk. And that's Governor Jan. I am a fucking shithead brewer. So, now, part of me thinks, and and all of this stuff is just off the top of my head. All of this is just going to be pure speculation at this point because I, I don't have Frank to bounce my ideas off of to refine them as I talk like I normally do on the show. But I think all of this uh, social issue bullshit that... um that's going on um it's all distraction it's all a huge distraction because the republicans have not put out a a workable jobs bill they have they they don't have anything they they got nothing they're defending they're defending the wrong people 
and I can say people because I really mean corporations and those fuckers apparently are people. Wait till Mitt Romney gets the nomination and then we'll see those ads played out. But it was Alabama and um, I want to say Arkansas the other day that voted for Santorum. I am I am waiting for the chart to come out that shows state by state, ranked by IQ, who voted for who. And no offense to anybody that may or may not live in Arkansas or Alabama, but if you do, you are an exception to the uh, to the rule because those states they uh they don't really care about the book learning, shall we say? I don't know. So, Sandy also brought up, and and this might be better to do next week, but um, Sandy said, potential discussion point for the show. What if a Republican gets elected as president? One of the current candidates or any Republican for that matter. So, let's see what we got here. Uh, Mike says, then I'll give credit where credit's due to the Mayans. (laughs) Because we may as well prepare for the end of an age and perhaps the end of the world. Uh, Hassan says it would be interesting. The world might just end up like what's depicted in Idiocracy. Angie says, Brondo. Sandy says, I need to watch Idiocracy. And yes, you should always watch Idiocracy. Mark says, it's back to the great white north for me. That's not a lame threat. It's simply fact. And actually, I worked with, um, I, I did um, some outside of the, the Omni Theater work today with, with two two ladies who uh, were of the same they were of the same frame of mind. And what's really funny is like we, we talk, it's like, oh, what department do you work in? What do you do? That kind of thing. We all get to know each other. And then the funny thing is, is that we talked about the things that you don't talk about in polite company with new people. We talked about politics and religion. And it was great. Of course, I did not participate in the religious discussion because um, they were positive about it and nobody was asking me. So I wasn't going to be a total asshole and be like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, but one of them, one of the women there did, uh, her husband, I believe it was, did some kind of, um, teaching like, like research into, into the, the writings. And I, that, that's actually kind of interesting. Um, whatever. (laughs) So, uh, and Nigel says, uh, I like to think that if Centaurum became president, then things, would get so nuts that it would effectively kill the Republican Party. You, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, Romney will get it. And, you know, Romney may not have been the best governor that we had here, but he certainly could have been a lot worse. Um, he, Romney is totally 100% out of touch with, um, with, with people like us. Now, unless there's any millionaires listening, I can say people like us. Uh, <laughs> But with with Romney in there, it won't get it won't be as terrible as it was. But I'm not moving. My job's here, <laughs> so you guys can write in. Are you serious? Podcast at gmail dot com or two zero six three three nine fifty eight zero eight, and you can let us know what would happen if one of these nutbags got elected. Now, the funny thing to me is I was watching, and don't judge, I was watching um, Escape from L.A. the other night, and I I was not watching it because it's a good movie or it's one of my favorites or anything, but I was watching it because of the time frame that it's set in. 
The uh, Escape from New York, I believe, was set in 1997. Um, and this one was set in 2013. And what really caught my attention in the beginning, just because I was, I was restringing my guitar, because uh, I got a show at the Middle East coming up in May. So I'll be talking about that later on. Um, and we're going to be good this time. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we were good the last few times we played. Um, what, what caught my attention is that we had Cliff Robertson, I think his name is. He played uh, Uncle Ben in Spider-Man. He was the president of the United States. He was from Lynchburg, Virginia, um, Tennessee, Virginia. I forget. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter where, where he's from, but it's the South. And um, he's elected president for life after he makes a prediction about a an earthquake that would ravage California and basically uh, sink parts of the... Of Orange County and and create an island for L.A. where all the immoral people go. And during the course of the movie, they talk about um, prostitutes, rapists, graffiti artists, um, atheists, and it's very very interesting to um, to watch some of the stuff they say. Not the middle part where they're on the island, but the beginning and the end where, they, where you're dealing with the United States police force, which was created because of terrorist activity. It's, um oh, my phone's going off. It's one of those situations where it's next year that it's going to happen. And it sounds so much like... um santorum's america (laughs) it's it's it could be terrifying it could be horrible but honestly i think that if if santorum gets the nomination he's just going to be absolutely destroyed in a in a debate in a general election so i would say don't worry about that (laughs) because Reason would would win out, I think, over idiocy. I but I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. What do we have next? by force and mr chris to tell you a little bit about outside the cinema all right reverend scott take Uh, us to church uh what can we expect to find from a typical show two hours of just random blabber (laughs) uh is there anyone's coattails you wrote in on to popularity i'm the guy that fucking burns the coattails and then pisses on them you review all these (laughs) exploitation horror comedy cult and often all around terrible movies 
You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. <laughs> People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one <laughs> That is one star too many. Let me tell you. The worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Ugh. That was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. Uh, I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I'm just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, I must. This is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspenter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> He looks like somebody who can keep a secret. podcasting sphere episode reality whatever um i was just gone for three and a half minutes but it is more than 24 hours later and i forgot what i was talking about (laughs) um yes since frank and i couldn't hook up to do the show this week it's been kind of all over the place doing stuff so in between that segment and this one, I have gone to work, had band practice, and uh, have come home. So, uh, by the way, band practice uh, it went really, really well. We have our old drummer now as our bass player. We have a brand new drummer, and I am on rhythm guitar, which I am most comfortable on. And uh, everything just clicked today. It was great. And we're going to add two covers into the mix. We're going to do one of my favorite all-time songs, uh, Season of the Witch. But we're going to change it up a little from the Donovan version. Maybe I'll even sing a little bit of it. Because we all know how well stress works for me. And uh, we're going to do Wizards by um, Black Sabbath. Because the band's Fog Wizard 
and the song there. So you see how that works. So that that should be kind of fun. Um, we have a show coming up in May on a Friday upstairs at the Middle East, which the Middle East is kind of a big deal, I guess. Um, not the the region, but the club. <laughs> so, um, I was gonna start with something else, but uh, this video popped up on Facebook um, in my timeline, and uh, I just feel so sorry for these girls. This this has got to be a joke. Let me uh, let me play a little of this here. Game on! Join the fight. has to be a joke it's, it's gonna be a game on okay i'm gonna do this one point at a time uh they're saying game on i know what they mean but um really the future lives of everyone in the country isn't a game got a plan. his plan is to um basically fuck women out of all their reproductive rights um Keep corporations as people, don't tax the rich, uh, fetuses and sperm are babies, and Satan is the greatest evil known to man, and he's coming to the United States to kill us all, apparently. That's his plan. Oh, and to ban pornography, a fight he will miserably lose. To lower taxes, raise morale, put the power in our hands, game on, changes our hands. To his wife and seven kids, he'll be loyal to our land. Oh, there is hope. That doesn't. Just because he's faithful to his wife doesn't mean he's going to be good, honest, or faithful to anybody else. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a false. Ah, fucking hell. Yeah, let's continue. For our nation again. Justice for the unborn, the unborn that aren't people. They're not people. Factories on our shores. I like that one because, yeah, we can bring manufacturing back to the United States with huge tax breaks to make it kind of beneficial for them to bring countries back over here. Um, But let's make sure there's no unions in them so that we don't have to uh, pay the union wages which then will make creating the products cheaper still more expensive though than outsourcing the jobs so there's really no no incentive for them to bring the jobs back except for gigantic tax breaks for the uh the highest up in the company if the constitution in rick santorum's world ruled our land they wouldn't be talking about God so much. Yes, I believe Rick Santorum is our man. Well, you're wrong. 
see What's been slipping through our hands When we the people Are still supposed to rule this land Rick understands So there is hope for a nation again Maybe the first time since we had Ronald Reagan There will be justice for the unborn Factories back on our shores Where constitution rules our land Yes, I believe Rick Santorum is our man Yes, I believe Rick Santorum is our man Yes, we believe Rick Santorum is our man Game on! Wow. Now, a couple interesting things here. I think that it's absolutely amazing that there have been 984,879 views. This has been on the Tosh.0 blog. This has been all over the place. The comments are pretty much what you would expect. Um, but ratings for the video uh, have been disabled which i find very interesting what what are they afraid of you're going to put it out there for people to consume now give them the option to comment on it um rick santorum is a fucking joke i cannot wait to see what happens he has half of the of the delegates that romney has right now this is this is a Pathetic, pathetic ploy um, in the vein of Obama girl who actually worked um, to try and pander to a very wide range of of voters. Um, You have two very attractive young girls uh, singing the song. Nice to look at. It's uh, acoustic, so it's not, you know, overly grating on the ears to people that may not like distortion or or uh electronic pop or anything like that uh it has a twinge of country so you can you can kind of get behind that's kind of a taylor swift kind of feel which is totally innocuous to pretty much everybody on the face of the planet um basically the whole thing is just very bland and talk about propaganda wow uh, I know some regimes that could benefit from songs sung by pretty little girls. Anyway, Rick Santorum is a joke. He can go fuck himself. But you know what? The song was well produced and the video was was acceptable. Except for the one guy that looked like a fat version of one of the kids from, uh, from Kids in the Hall. <laughs> so I have another question for uh, the girls out there that have been in bad relationships that have got out of them. Um, I know and have known a bunch of people that have been in really terrible relationships, whether they get married or not, whether there's divorce or not, or whether they just break up and it's the boyfriend's a complete or husband is a complete and total dick, but all they want to do is just get away, not get say it's a marriage, not get their fair share out of the marriage or the relationship. They just, it's just like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to deal with it anymore and these are strong-willed people these are are smart intelligent strong girls that i know 
But what I don't understand is how quickly they would just throw their hands up in the air and say, just get the fuck away from me and lose out on, say, the sale and the money from half of a house or something like that. Um, If anybody out there could, and I'm not talking about domestic uh, situations where there's violence or abuse, maybe verbal abuse in 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 a one or two instances but just you know not not being happy with a relationship in general and knowing it won't work um how people can just honestly walk away because when i broke up with people i got all my shit back except for a couple that wouldn't talk to me anymore so i it was very difficult to get in touch with them and get some stuff back but honestly i didn't need those comic books so whatever right so yeah, if you could write in or call in, probably write in. We'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Uh, 206-339-5808 or podcast at gmail.com. This is something that I just don't get. Like, why would somebody go back to an abusive relationship or why would somebody stay in an abusive relationship? I just, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I know the reasons, but I just don't get them. Anyway, uh, let's see. Moving on here. Um, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen or have seen links to this Coney video. You know, the guy that's been doing a, a horrible, atrocious shit since the 80s. Now, all of a sudden, he's a problem, apparently. Um, Invisible Children has been um, one of the major players in this whole Coney 2012 um, because Jason Russell uh, one of the co-founders of Invisible Children um, he's uh, gotten in a little bit of notoriety today uh, aside from Invisible Children but there's an evangelical tilt to it and just honestly a whole bunch of bullshit involved with them that people don't do their due, due diligence uh, when it comes to causes and stuff and things like that it's like um, you know, people ask me why I don't eat at Chick-fil-A and I'm like, well, do you, do you know what the fuck they, they do? Do you know who they support and what their belief system is? No. Oh, well, if you did, you probably wouldn't fucking eat there either. I'm proud to say I have never, ever eaten anything from that restaurant and I won't. But back to the point, because I don't have anybody here to keep me on point today. Uh, let's see. Breaking news today is the Coney 2012 campaigner Jason Russell (laughs) was arrested for masturbating in public. Coney 2012 campaigner Jason Russell has been arrested for masturbating in public, The Guardian reports. One of the co-founders of Invisible Children, the San Diego-based charity which is campaigning for the arrest of Ugandan warlord Joseph Kony, has been hospitalized after police said he was detained for being naked and masturbating in public. Damn, Jason Russell, 33, was picked up by police in San Diego at around 11.30 a.m. on Thursday. Oh, so this was yesterday, not even today. After receiving numerous calls from the public about a man vandalizing cars being apparently under the influence of a substance and making sexual gestures gestures not gestures sexual gestures would be um i guess harley quinn in lingerie um while wearing only his underwear according to local tv station nbc san diego police spokeswoman lieutenant andrea brown told press told a press conference in the city that russell was cooperative as he was detained by officers 
He was no problem for the police department. However, during the evaluation, we learned that we probably needed to take care of him. So officers detained him and transferred him to a local medical facility for further evaluation and treatment. A brief statement by the by Ben Kesey of Invisible Children said, Jason Russell was unfortunately hospitalized, suffering from exhaustion, dehydration, and malnutrition. <laughs> Come on. He is now receiving medical care and is focused on getting better. You know what that is? That is it. it that, that's the problem with all these people masturbating in front of their computers. They're just tired and dehydrated. Fucking idiot. You expect people to believe this? The, oh, he goes on. The past two weeks have taken a severe emotional toll on all of us, and that toll manifested itself in an unfortunate incident yesterday. Jason's passion and his work have done so much to help so many, and we are devastated to see him dealing with this personal health issue. Come on. Really? Really? You expect us to believe that? Ah. Uh. I don't I don't understand it. Uh, just as a background for people that may or may not know, Invisible Children, I'm going to read this from Wikipedia because I don't know this shit off the top of my head, is a <coughs> not-for-profit. Why can't they say non-profit? <coughs> I guess it's all intention at that point. Uh, organization founded in 2004 to bring awareness to the activities of the Lord's Resistance Army in Central Africa, and its leader, Joseph Coney. Specifically, the group seeks to put an end to the practice of the LRA, which include abductions and abuse of children and forcing them to serve as soldiers. To this end, Invisible Children urges United States government to take military action in the central region of Africa. Blah, 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 blah. All right, let's see what we got here under criticisms. <coughs> Sorry, I have a little bit of cough. Uh, my medicine is helping, but we're getting there. Um, let's see in an article analyzing why the Obama administration sent U.S. troops to Central Africa in October 2011 the Council of Foreign Relations reproached groups like Invisible Children for manipulating facts for strategic purposes exaggerating the scale of LRA abductions and murders resolve one of Invisible Children's partner organizations addressed the council on foreign relations accusations as a serious charge published with no accompanying substantiation. Jedediah Jenkins, apparently a real dude, I'm not making that up, the director of idea development for Invisible Children asserted that the numbers of child abductions the charity uses, quote, are often the same numbers as the one used by Human Rights Watch and the United Nations. Um... I know that I I know that 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 they showed the Coney video to people in Uganda, and um, it was really interesting juxtaposition to uh to see how the people would react to it because there's an awful lot of white people in the in the Coney video, and people in Uganda are not white generally and they were pissed they threw rocks at the screen they all stormed off uh so i don't know there's 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 some shady shady shit going on with uh invisible children and this guy he uh 
he's he's lost his fucking mind. Jason Russell. If you see a Jason Russell, make sure he has pants on and you can see his hands at all times. Um, now, moving on to uh, technology I wish I had, uh, something called a silence gun. And it's not just a gun that silences people, but it is, but not with a bullet. Let's see. The gun operates based on the concept of delayed auditory feedback. An attached microphone picks up the sound being made by the target and plays it back 0.2 seconds later. This effect is incredibly confusing to the human brain, making it all but impossible to talk or hold a conversation. The device doesn't cause the person that's being used on any physical harm. It simply messes with their head. Now, I know when I use my cell phone every now and then, I get an echo. I get a little bit of a delay. And it is very difficult to uh, to focus on what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> so I can only imagine if this is like calibrated to fuck with your head. It goes on to say, when the human brain hears its own speech perfectly in sync during normal speech... It easily processes the input and allows you to largely ignore the sound of your own voice, which is kind of how you hear your voice inside your head or like me right now wearing headphones, even though I'm the only one here. Um, However, by offsetting the response just a bit, 0.2 seconds, the brain hears your mouth speaking as well as the strange echo effect produced by the gun. This unusual combination is confusing enough to effectively shut down the part of your brain responsible for managing speech and you immediately fall silent. So it sounds like your brain just does not like what it's hearing and and forces you to stop. (laughs) Uh, The first version uh, was dependent on a separate PC to process the input and relay it back to the speaker. However, the second prototype which looks like a big box with some LED like photo cells on the front of it. Uh, it's got a laser pointer on the top, a distance sensor. It looks like, honestly, what it really looks like is uh, um, an accessory for a Ghostbusters action figure. Uh, let's see. It's, it's a, the second prototype does away with the need for additional hardware and includes all the necessary processing bits within the casing, making it easily portable. I find that absolutely fascinating. But that's also incredibly dangerous because you could shut anybody down at any point with that thing. So I don't know how many people out there listen to, watch, care about. I don't want an ad. Uh, Bill Maher, but every now and then he does some uh, some kind of interesting things. And um, he sent a reporter or a... Uh, you know, one of the people that work for him on the show to some of the poorest states in America. Um, and, and and to talk to them about how they'd rather remain um, poor than accept anything that Obama would want to do for them. Uh, (laughs) So why why don't, why don't we, uh, why don't we just take a listen to this? Cause it's fascinating. Hey Bill, I'm here in Mississippi, the poorest state in America which is also the most conservative state in our union. So why is Mississippi so conservative? Well, it, you're in the heart of the Bible Belt. We believe in family. We believe in Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Whoever gets uh, elected needs to be family oriented. God should oriented. come into his mind in everything that, that he does. You never liked the president, did you? Never, and never will. 
Why not? One thing is named Obama. This is America. Our president should be American, not Muslim. Vicksburg, deck the dudes in Vicksburg. I turned it off. I don't like it. And is it because it's black? No, it's not because you're black or you're half breed. Uh, he, this this dude, this fucking moron is my favorite guy out of all of them. No, I, I don't hate him because he's black. I hate him because he's half black. That's basically what this fucking dumbass said. And the other guy there, uh, you know, Jimmy Two Teeth, uh, is in Vicksburg. So if you're ever around Vicksburg, you know what to say to people. Nothing about Democrats or being liberal or anything good for anybody, basically. And God forbid you pull out a book. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get let's get back to this. Black too, but he's a half I guess I'm a little prejudiced. Are you? You don't I like guess. black people? Not much. Why not? They don't. What is this? Where are we? We're in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> I don't. I don't care for the government. They they don't show me anything. You get food stamps. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I think I deserve food stamps. I have no unemployment. Uh, I hate Obamacare. <laughs> I think it's retarded and pointless. But a lot of people in Mississippi need health care. Yeah. Back when I was growing up, and when my parents were growing up, and my grandparents were growing up, we didn't have all that, and people still made it. And back then, people pulled their own weight. They didn't sit around waiting for everyone else to take care of. That's, so that's not true. No, just take care of yourself. You put God back in the saddle, and I'll be okay. Uh. So, something's not working here. That's Voting right. Republican hasn't worked for you. But it, it could. But it hasn't. It hasn't, but it could. Why is the poorest state the most conservative state? We would rather go broke and die hungry than to give up our, our moral beliefs. I feel like if voting God and voting faith is more important to me than voting for free money or voting for a handout. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in even if I go broke doing it. We're not going to be pushed over. We lost the war. That's true. But we're not going to be pushed around. We're not going to back down from what we believe. And like the tag on the front of my truck says, the South will rise again. No, you fucking retard. The South is never, ever going to rise again because y'all aren't smart enough to fucking rise up. One dude in there had two teeth. Honestly, two teeth. In a box on his nightstand. Anyway, let's see what some other dumbasses have to say. Pat Robertson says that Prayer could have stopped the recent tornadoes. He's back at it again. He continues to lower the IQ points of anyone unfortunate enough to actually watch the show and pay attention to this nonsense. Here's Pat Robertson. This is Don from Illinois who wants to know, why did God send the tornadoes? (laughs) Uh, By the way, the question asked on a different show would be an overt parody. But on this show, this is actually considered a serious question, okay? didn't send tornadoes. God set up a, a, a world in which certain currents uh, interfere and, and interact with other currents. When you have uh, a warm group of air coming out of the south, coming up against the cold masses up in the north, mm-hmm. you'll get 
vortexes, and that in turn will spawn tornadoes. It'll spawn them. God doesn't send tornadoes <laughs> to hurt people. He doesn't send, you know, we call them acts of God, but they're not. Yeah, but not. he could stop them um, if he existed. So, uh, all I can say is that why do you build houses in a place where tornadoes are apt to happen? That's a good question. Well, this year, of course, the weather patterns, mm. the warm winter and the warm you know, early part of the year that we're having seems to affect all of that. But I think the bigger question for people spiritually is always not so much why did God send them, but mm. why didn't he intervene? You know, you think people ah. always ask that question well, when I there's mean, tragedy? If enough people were praying, he would intervene. You, you can pray, God, right. Jesus, still the storm. You That's how it works. Storms. If enough people were praying, Lewis, then he would have intervened and stopped those well, you know, mornings. He starts off by saying the most reasonable and intelligent thing I've ever heard the man say. That's the thing. Pat Robertson seems to actually somewhat grasp how climate science works. <laughs> then he says, well, well, yeah, he hit the nail on the head. And then he says, well, you know, oh, God didn't create these tornadoes, but he, I guess he can quell them right. if you pray hard enough. He created the way that tornadoes naturally come up. But if you pray hard enough, he can interrupt those climate patterns and stop the tornadoes, but you just didn't pray hard enough. Not enough people prayed. I have a question for Pat Robertson. Why did God cause climate change? <laughs> Why not just prevent climate change altogether? Anyway, I'm going to agree with, uh, with Mr. Robertson and say that if you live in, in uh, Tornado Alley, maybe you should move or maybe you should have your house built uh, underground, live in a basement. But certainly don't, don't tell them just to pray harder. And, you know, this is that blame the victim mentality. It's good to know that this so-called religious man is so concerned about the death and destruction of so many lives. I mean, nothing like blaming the victims for being in the wrong place and then not praying hard enough. What would Jesus do, I wonder, Lewis? I mean, really, what would Jesus do and say about this? Don't uh, answer that. Let's okay. move on, actually, before Lewis... Uh, good, uh, idea. Good, good idea. Moves on, yeah. I like, I like uh, David Peck when he's, uh, he's just serious enough... But he's got that sarcastic edge that if you're not really listening really close, could just go right over your head. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I haven't heard a lot about Rush Limbaugh lately, but this um, is a memo that went out uh, maybe a week and a half ago, maybe a week uh, let's see. It's attention all radio traffic personnel. Let the word go out from this day forward. Uh, I'll skip to the um, to re to the really interesting part. Uh, let's see. More than three hundred and fifty different advertisers sponsor the programs and services provided to your station on a barter basis. Like advertisers that purchase commercials on your radio station from your sales staff, our sponsors communicate specific rotations, day part preferences, and advertising environments that they prefer. Below is a list of such sponsors. I'll get to those in a second. I'm not going to read them all, though. These advertisers have made a commitment to using radio, both network and local, in 2012. They help to underwrite the cost of sponsoring specific programs. So basically this memo is saying this, this is what your sales department does and this is where your paycheck comes from in case you're a fucking idiot and you don't understand how your business works. They've specifically asked that you schedule their commercials in day parts or programs, this is the best part, free of content that you know are deemed to be offensive or controversial. For example, Mark Levin, Rush Limbaugh, Tom Lakis, Michael Savage, friend of the show, 
Glenn Beck, and Sean Hannity. Those are defined as environments likely to stir negative sentiment from a very small percentage of the listening public. I think very small is not really the right way to go there. Um, so some of the people that have asked for this, um, we have uh, Ace Hardware, Acura, uh, Allegra, Allstate. Allstate's all over the fucking place. You see ads every 20 seconds for them. Cortisone, DeVry, Domino's Pizza, Exxon, Geico, Ford, all of General Motors, uh, Hallmark, H&R Block, which is interesting because it's tax time. Um, Office Depot, NBC TV, Macy's, MasterCard, McDonald's, Kohl's, IBM, Honda, Sam Adams, Sears, Sony, huge Toyota, Unisom, U.S. Army, the U.S. Postal Service, Walgreens, Walmart, Wells Fargo, Wrigley, and Yahoo. It also says, in your position as traffic manager, you know the programming environments of your stations that these advertisers may find objectable. Objectionable. Objection. Objected. uh, Whatever I said wasn't a word. Please ensure their commercials that you receive as part of any premier radio network's inventory do not air in these programming positions, but in day parts and times considered free of content some may deem controversial. And the final kicker. Also, please ensure that these commercials air with a minimum of 15 minutes separation from any controversial programming content. This was published on March 9th. So just a day over a week ago. I, I find that absolutely, absolutely fascinating that uh, it, it's actually working. So, yeah. Uh, let's do uh, one more here and then we'll take a break. Let's see. This is from the Friendly Atheist. Guess why? Guess. Guess why a Catholic diocese doesn't want to help a homeless shelter. See, it says Francis House, a nonprofit group in Sacramento, does a lot of amazing work. Each morning, dozens of poor people line up at Francis House, located in Sacramento's Homeless Services Epicenter, for help with basic services such as housing and transportation. Now in its 42nd year, which is fantastic and pathetic at the same time because we shouldn't have this problem for 42 years in a row, let alone, you know, the how old's our country years in a row? <laughs> Um, the organization is one of the largest homeless service agencies in the Sacramento region, serving upwards of 25,000 people, and it has an annual budget of about $500,000. In addition to that, they help people prepare their resumes, search for jobs, obtain birth certificates, offer emergency shelter, and give out hygiene kits. For serving as many people as it does, $500,000 isn't a very large budget. But they've gotten financial support for over 20 years, up to $10,000 a year from the Catholic Diocese of Sacramento. The diocese just announced, though, that they're going to stop supporting the group because the group's director supports gay marriage and abortion rights. In a letter last month, the, the diocese director of social services said that Reverend Faith Whitmore's public statements on the issues clash with the teachings of the Catholic Church. Therefore, said the Reverend Michael Kiernan, the social services director, it is impossible 
for the diocese to continue funding Francis House as part of its annual Catholic appeal. Whitmore, a United Methodist minister, took over leadership of Francis House in April at the sudden death of the longtime executive director, Gregory Bunker. Uh, within her own denomination, she has been a strong advocate of same-sex marriage. In 2008, during a short period in which the gay marriage was legal in California, Whitmore openly defied church law by marrying same-sex couples. Oh, jeez, God forbid. Apparently not. She has said publicly that she supports a woman's right to obtain an abortion. In other words, she treats all people like they deserve respect and common decency. Can't have that in the Catholic Church now, can we? Mind you, Whitmore never married gay couples or advocated for abortion rights in her capacity as a director of the homeless agency, just in her private life, not that it should matter. But those distinctions, wow, but those distinctions don't matter to the church. As you can imagine, there was a lot of outrage from the Catholics leading to the stoppage of funding. Um, the diocese spokesman, Kevin Eckery, said he was unsure whether the diocese had received complaints about its donations to Whitmore's agency. But if we haven't had one yet, we would get one, he said. We like to get out in front of these things. Unless it's a little boy and then you get behind it. It's like he's saying that with a smile on his face, like he wants to be congratulated for being so darn proactive. This is another indication that the Catholic Church cares more about promoting their antiquated, bigoted viewpoints than they are helping people and showing love. Last year, Diocese in Illinois, Illinois, did I just say that? Illinois refused to provide adoption services because the state, which gave them taxpayer money to do the job, said that they had to consider gay adoptive couples as well as straight ones. Remember that? I think we talked about that on the show last year. Instead of embracing the fact that more parents could adopt the children, they abandoned the children entirely. To paraphrase a wonderful comment offered by Andrew Glasgow to the diocese spokesperson, if, as your Bible says, Jesus one day asks you to explain why you failed to feed, shelter, and clothe him when he was hungry, homeless, and in need of clothing, will you tell him, because the person who wanted my help to feed, shelter, and clothe you had opinions on issues that had nothing to do with feeding you, sheltering you, and clothing you. Jesus would be thrilled, I'm sure. By the way, since the church doesn't want to help out, there's a, you can always donate to the Francis House. And there's a link there, but you can't click on that because I'm saying it out loud. We'll be right back. Film productions began in 1934, 
And after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Downplace is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling, and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. Um, well, Hammer means how to get a nail into a block of wood. This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes, and other information about these classic films. 1951 Downplace can be found in iTunes or their website, www.1951downplace.com. Should I have said Hammer Pants? 1951 Downplace, the home of Hammer Films discussion. Did you know that you can listen to Movie Sucktastic all over the internet? In places like iTunes, Podfeed, Podcast Pickle, Podcast Pup, the Zoom Marketplace, and more. And you can listen to us at our very own website at moviesucktastic.com. We want you to be a part of the show, so let us know where you're listening from. You can email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com or call our hotline and leave us a message at 908-514-4470. So come on and be a part of the movement that is Movie Sucktastic. Find out what all the suck is about. So it is feedback time. I have one email um, that is a few pages long, but don't worry, Frank's not here to complain about it. So I will read it and not sound bored while I'm doing it. Just testing to see if he listens. This is from Rich. Oh, wow. I printed out a third page for it, and it just says Rich on it. So it's really two pages, but it'll be interesting. You guys were discussing Facebook in hiring last week, and I was pleased to hear your responses, but I don't think you were vehement enough, and perhaps that's because you're not on my side of the table. I do, well, well, we'll see. I do recruiting for a living, and I work for a specific company, not an agency. I can tell you from experience that using Facebook or other social media to make hiring decisions is a perfect way to fuck up hiring decisions. The easiest decision to make when deciding to hire someone is to decide not to. I agree with that. Everyone assumes it's the right decision 
when in fact it's usually based on subjective and irrelevant, maybe irreverent, bullshit. I used performance-based hiring to try and guide hiring managers. What that means is we start with a performance profile, not a job description. A job description is more often than not a cover-your-ass checklist that excludes as many potential good employees as it includes. A performance profile is based on the idea that every job can be broken down into a set of deliverables, a time frame in which they have to get done, and a quality metric. So tell me what they have to get done, when, and to what standard. That's all that matters. Then we interview to that. I don't care if the uh, human resource managers, I'm, I'm assuming, like the candidates or not. I have them fill out 10-factor grading sheets that force them to apply a somewhat objective standard to the candidates. That way they have to justify a no as much as a yes. Now, I know Frank definitely did, and I absolutely in more than one job have hired people. And um, when we were at Lowe's, we had um, we had a pre-checklist because we would get any fucking vagabond that would come in from the mall anybody that knew how to get on a bus and get to the mall could make it into the theater so we would often have the supervisors go out and talk to uh the employees and they would the the prospective employees and they would talk to them a little bit and uh just go through a checklist of stuff and we would rewrite it as 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 you know as we went along and add in a couple of personal questions and try to get conversation going and see if they were outgoing, see if they were interested in the job or interested in in getting a job or interested in, um, you know, just getting money, <laughs> you know, because we, we were big uh, before AMC took over. We were big on getting people that wanted to be there, um, that were excited about movies, that knew about movies, so we'd ask them questions about movies. You know, what are their favorite movies? What's their least favorite movies? You know, what have you been here before? What's the last thing you saw? Just to get them involved and get in a, get them in a conversation because oftentimes um, with floor staff, we found that that's the best way to get to know somebody. And I'll tell you what didn't get people hired is there was this one fucking bing bong whose girlfriend sat on his lap when I did the five-minute interview. And that was just that was just the name for it. I mean, the, the five-minute interview with some people could last 20 minutes, and sometimes it lasted 35 seconds, like with that fucking idiot whose girlfriend wouldn't stop touching him during the interview. <sighs> okay, let's see. Back to the email. No is the easy vote in hiring. Everyone assumes it's right. And meanwhile, you may have said no to the best employee you would have ever had. And I can honestly say that that is the truth. I had a bias uh, from another job against people that were homeschooled because I had met a few and they were not good workers. And um, if if I had interviewed this one kid... Um, he, I probably wouldn't have hired him, but he turned out to be one of the best employees we had there. Um, and Frank would know who I was talking about <laughs> if he was here. Um, let's see. The old paradigm for hiring was to avoid mistakes, which encourages no decisions. Well, yeah. 
What you really should be doing is looking for the best employees. However, most managers aren't really managers. They were just good enough at their job that someone noticed and gave them a department to run. So they cover their asses and say no more often than they should. And allowing Facebook and MySpace and and MySpace and other such irrelevant things into the hiring decision just gives them more bullshit cover for their no votes. When you're hiring someone, all that matters is they can do the job in the context of the company, its current workforce and infrastructure. Most people try to make these decisions much harder and more convoluted than they really are. Most try and avoid putting their balls on the line and making a decision for as long as possible. You guys mentioned credit checks, and while we still do them here at my current job, I've asked for them to drop them. Reason being is based on my information, there's not even a correlation between good credit and good job performance. There's not even, and there's not a correlation between good or bad credit and theft if you're working with cash or product that can be taken. Uh, your credit score is a rating foisted upon you by a bunch of glorified Shylocks. I like that word. I don't see that often enough. That rates their ability to ass rape you, plus prime, of course. And nothing more. It's even illegal in some states to use it in hiring decisions now, as I understand it. It's prejudicial and not predicative, so why use it? Because people want to justify the no vote and then assume facts not in evidence that the person they said no to was a bad employee. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think... I I can only speak for myself, but I wasn't more adamant about it because... Honestly, I use Facebook to promote this show. I use it to promote um, outside the cinema. And really most, I would say 85 to 90% of the posts that I put up um, relate back to stuff we talk about on this show. Um, I don't put personal information out there. I don't bitch about my day at work. I'll put out some pictures of my girls or a short little video. If, if I think it is excessively cute, adorable, or like my brother took some fantastic, absolutely fantastic pictures at their birthday party. And I'm going to put a couple of those up because they are some of the best pictures of my kids I've ever seen in my life. So, and I'm not, that's not even hyperbole. Like, there are like uh, beautiful, beautiful pictures, and of course, I'll never tell him to his face because you know he's my brother, and we're dudes, and we don't fucking talk like that and shit. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so I back to the Facebook thing. I don't, I don't feel bad for people that put stupid shit on their timeline and then get called out for it or get judged on it. I am a a. a I I am like a half a step away from being a, a tree hugging hippie liberal atheist. There's just one one of those three things that hasn't happened yet. I do plant some trees here and there though. Um totally derailed my train of thought. So any of that stuff I can justify because the, the those are that that's what I believe. If you don't if you don't want to trust me because I don't believe in what you believe in, that's fine. But you know what? I work in a place where that doesn't matter. Um, so, so what? 
don't be a fucking idiot. Don't. Uh, anyway, you you know the stupid shit that people put on Facebook. Pictures of your food or your kids or your car or how much snow there is. All that's just, that's all innocuous. But you post one one thing, like the the bumper sticker that we have on the group that says, don't renig. And it says 2012, like, don't vote for Obama. And they spelt renege incorrectly. <sighs> People are stupid. The, the funny thing is, to renege means to go back on it. So basically what they're saying is, um, you vote for him again. People are fucking stupid. <clears throat> All right, let's see. On libertarianism, I can relate to Chris's hesitations. I used to have them myself. In the end, I just think the regulations which are supposed to help us are more often than not a wash because of the unseen costs and even more often BS pushed by special interest for their own benefit. Well, there's always the hand of special interest groups and everything. Chris brought up lead paint, and honestly, I I don't know what you're going to say past this. Uh, That was just the first thing I could think of because Frank was reading kind of fast, and that's all I could get in there. Um that regulation is a wash, I think. I don't think anyone truly wants the luster lead paint gives lead gives paint so badly that they object. However, a better example is the FDA and its regulations for drug safety, and they best illustrate the concept of what is seen versus unseen. When a new drug comes to the market, it's safe and beneficial, and everyone is happy. Everyone except the people who suffered and perhaps died waiting for it to go through the approval process. Those people are the best illustration of a basic economic fact, which is everyone has different standards and makes decisions on the margins with regard to everything, including safety. What that means is that at a certain point, a little more safety isn't worth the extra cost to you. However, That level is different for everyone. With paint, for example, I don't care if it has lead in it because unlike Chris, I don't have a little version of me running around trying to eat the walls. Now, to be fair, uh, my children only uh, ate batteries for Xbox controllers. (laughs) Uh, When I do, I'll be concerned about lead in the paint because I know what I was like growing up and I did try to eat the damn walls at times. Well, I better keep a better eye on my kids then if that's a thing. But say someone is suffering from a disease who may benefit from drug X, but the FDA isn't sure it's safe yet. Why should they be forced to wait? What's being done in that case is people are being forced to adhere to a categorical standard when some people want higher standards for this or that while others have lower standards. And both are paying because those who want lower standards are being deprived and or being forced to pay more. While those who want higher standards have to deal with manufacturers who often see no point in surpassing the standards set by the government. When you set a target, people aim for it, even if they technically, even if they can technically do better. That said, a lot of libertarians are just plain assholes. (laughs) I'm glad you got to that point. (laughs) And people too blinded by their love of free markets to admit it wouldn't be a utopia. I like free markets because I like freedom first and foremost and believe people should be free to use and trade their property and the product of their work as they see fit. And I think they deliver the best product and do the most to lower prices in the long term. There are certain costs to bear, though, like a boner pill will eventually be invented before a cure for cancer. Well, yes. 
And I'm willing to say we need more government regulation because I'm not willing to tell some poor mother or father that their kid is suffering from rare disease X and will just wait until enough capital accumulates for people to give a shit. Rather, I think, or at least I would hope that using an understanding of economics, we could hopefully target a few programs to help those who truly need it rather than those who merely want free shit. But then again, I think that's being just a utopian and trying to refine campaign finance laws. In the end, I think all governments just grow and grow until enough people get pissed that there's a revolution, bloody or otherwise. I think ours would be digital here and um, occupying. Um, I I really hope there's no bloodshed here Um, because it's terrible watching some of the stuff in the other countries. Uh, and they rearrange things to be more agreeable, at which point the government starts growing again and the process repeats itself. I think we're currently at the downslope of the U.S. empire and our government will trend towards more ridiculous bullshit over time, if you listen to the rest of the show, until either we or a bunch of foreigners start shooting. Maybe it'll be the Chinese who finally stop buying our debt Maybe it'll be the Iranians who develop a nuke and then contract out with Wiley Coyote and Acme for a giant rubber band to sling it at us. I think uh, North Korea has a couple of them they could use. It'll be someone, and it'll be violent. I just hope it happens after I croak. Yeah. One can hope. As an aside, all of the fears the Republican candidates keep throwing out, Iran to me is the most ridiculous. Well, good. I do take some pride in Ron Paul being the only one on that stage to social common sense with regard to Iran. It does strike me, though, even if they do get the bomb, what the fuck are they going to do with it? Stare at it? They'd better hope it never goes off because it's not like it's going anywhere. They really don't have any missiles worth of fuck and no Navy either. And did you see the spy tapes of their, quote, nuclear facilities? They, they didn't look too well put together. My feeling is there would be two headlines on this. One, Iran gets the bomb, followed quickly by Iran ain't fucking there anymore. Nope, just a smoking crater and a shitload of oversized sport jackets and no ties. And the best thing Obama or any president could do is simply let it leak that there's a massive training program to teach roughnecks how to drill for oil in high radiation zones. I think the Middle East would calm down a bit if that report leaked and the administration just let it hang there, not really acknowledging it or rejecting it, just smiling vaguely when it gets mentioned. Best wishes for you and your family, as always, Rich. See, I think um, my biggest concern or not really a problem, but my biggest, like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute kind of thing. I don't know what that's called. It's getting late. I'm not usually up this late at night with uh libertarians is is how just like republicans just like democrats the 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 definition or the stance has changed from when i was younger um and i'm only talking 15 20 years ago so when i was 20 it meant something different it's it's a, everybody's a little more hard-edged everybody's a little more extreme and they're a little more entrenched and in dragnizant or whatever fucking futurama word you want to use in there in their views and you know i've learned that everybody everybody has their own opinions which is fantastic but i've i've learned to really look at 
you know, the people that take the time to write in or call in or post on Facebook and look at their views and, you know, try and see things from, from other people's point of view. I, I could be the hard line liberal atheist and say, oh no, you, that you're a fucking idiot. All of that shit you just said, Rick Sintor makes you a fucking idiot. Or the guy that that runs um, is going to run the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum, which we will get there. We will go, and then we'll be arrested. But you know, I'll 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 look at it from their side, <laughs> and it's still ridiculous. But at least I'll take the time to look at it. Anyway. I'm getting tired, and I haven't watched my uh, daily requirement uh, of porn today, so I think we need to do this and uh, move the show along. So, uh, Reverend Scott is a lazy, lazy asshole. At least I showed up this week, huh, Frank? Don't! You fucking twat. <laughs> Last rites with Reverend Scott. Hey there, Chris and Chris. Yeah, you heard me right. I mean, there's no one else there in the studio to talk to. I'd like to think Frank just had some work or family obligations. I think we all know why he's not on the show this week. I want to snort coke off a hooker's ass every weekend. Yeah. I want to post pictures of it, and I can post those pictures, and only my coke-snorting <laughs> friends can see them. You know, it's, it's almost as if you planned to do the show during one of Frank's benders, just so you could have the mic all to yourself. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking smart, huh? Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, seriously, who would want to have Frank on the show anyways? I kind of think he's a bad person. I think he's kind of a dick. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe we shouldn't be picking on Frank when he can't defend himself. Maybe we should just ask Frank what he thinks about this week's episode. Everything I've read is that this is going to be a colossal disappointment. Oh, of course it will. Yeah. All right, that's enough of that. I think we should get back to what I was saying. Can you back me up on that, Chris? Let's get back to this douchey McDouche tool bag. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) I think. I hate to say it, though, but I think I'm just about done for this week. I already regret having to tell you about the segment is almost over. I can only guess how traumatic that must be for you. I just wish you could compare it to something, you know, so I know how the end of my segment is really going to affect you, Chris. Having your kid taken away from you and brutally killed in the woods. Wow, I had no idea the segment meant that much to you. (laughs) This is a huge case of dickhead doesn't get it. I'm surprised you never tried to give me gifts for doing this segment. Here's a giant box of condoms, some spermicide, and a handgun. Well, on that note, I I think I'll just get out of here, Chris. I mean, after talk of spermicide and condoms, I don't even want to know what's going through your head right now. Sex. Just all kinds of sex. (laughs) I said I didn't want to (laughs) know. Fuck. Peace and love, guys. Japanese doggy three-way, gangbang horse (laughs) pony sex game, Mako's first time scat, and Hollywood scat amateurs number seven. Are you serious? (laughs) We prefer sluts. Because who doesn't? (laughs) Oh, the ending clips for his segments are getting better and better because I keep saying dumber and dumber shit. Ah, thank you, Scott.
Well, I'm scanning through here real quick. How about one last story? And this is kind of sad, even if you don't like emo kids. Uh, Iraq militia stone youth to death for their emo style. There's a couple fuckers that really didn't like Spider-Man 3. Uh, let's see. And this is kind of sad, so I'm not going to make fun of it too much. <laughs> Damn, I said too much out loud, didn't I? At least 14 youths have been stoned to death in Baghdad in the past three weeks in what appears to be a campaign by Shiite milit- militants. I don't know what word I was going to say there. Against youths wearing Western-style emo clothes and haircuts, security and hospital sources say. Militants in Shiite neighborhoods where the stonings have taken place circulated lists on Saturday naming more youths targeted to be killed if they do not change the way they dress. The killings have taken place since Iraq's interior ministry drew attention to the emo subculture last month, labeling it Satanism and ordering a community police force to stamp it out. Emo is a form of punk music developed in the United States. Really? Punk music? Can anybody back that up or refute it? Because I always thought that emo kind of came out of um, like a Smith's Joy Division New Wave kind of thing. I never considered that punk. Anyway, uh, fans are known for their distinctive dress, often including tight jeans, t-shirts with logos, and distinctive or long spiky haircuts. This fucker has no idea what's going on. Uh, this is Ahmed Rashid and Muhammad Amir writing for Reuters. Um, at least 14 bodies of youths have been brought to three hospitals in eastern Baghdad bearing signs of having been beaten to death with rocks or bricks. Security and hospital sources told Reuters under conditions they not be identified because they were not authorized to speak to the media, but they still did. Nine bodies were brought to hospitals in Sadr City, a vast, poor Shiite neighborhood. Three were brought to East Baghdad's main Al-Kindi hospital, and two were brought to the Central Morgue, medical sources said. Six other young people, including two girls, were wounded in beatings intended as warnings, the security sources said. Last week, I signed the death certificates of three of those young people, and the reason for death I wrote in my own hand was severe skull fractures. A doctor at Al-Kindi Hospital told Reuters, a very powerful blow to the head caused these fractures which totally smashed the skull of the victim. A leaflet distributed in the Shiite Baya district of eastern Baghdad seen by Reuters on Saturday had 24 names of youths targeted for killing. The fuck is wrong with these morons? We strongly warn you, to all the obscene males and females, if you will not leave this filthy work within four days, the punishment of God will disp- descend upon you at the hand of the Mujahideen. <laughs> it sounds like something out of a fucking Dune novel, doesn't it? The leaflet said. Another leaflet in Cider City bore 20 names. We are the Brigades of Anger. We warn you, if you do not get back to sanity and the right path, you will be killed. Who wrote that? The the the, the quote-unquote normal people or the emo kids? The Brigades of Anger. The weakest of the Cenobites from Hellraiser. In a statement last month, the Interior Ministry said it was monitoring the emo phenomenon or Satanism. 
which it said was spreading through schools, particularly among teenage girls. They wear tight clothes that bear paintings of skulls. They use school implements with skulls and wear rings in their noses and tongues as well as other weird appearances, it said. A bunch of... Oh, I can't say these people are fucking morons enough. After reports of the stonings circulated on Iraqi media, the Interior Ministry said this week that no murders on its files could be blamed on the reaction to emo. Many media have reported fabricated news reports about the so-called emo phenomenon. Stories about tens of young people killed in various ways, including stoning, the ministry said in a statement on Thursday. No murder case has been recorded with the Interior Ministry on so-called emo grounds. All cases of murder recorded were for revenge, social, and common criminal reasons. Actually, that kind of fits in with what they're saying clerics denounce killings that's who cares how about you stop them from happening iraq's leading shiite clerics have condemned the stonings abdul rahim al rakabi baghdad representative for iraq's most influential shiite cleric ali al sistani called the killings terrorist attacks Such a phenomenon which has spread among young people should be tackled through the dialogue and peaceful means and not through physical liquidation, Rikabi told Reuters. In a response to questions on his website on Saturday, Maktada al-Sadir, a Shiite cleric whose followers dominate Sadr City, described emo youths as crazy and fools but said they should be dealt with only through the law. They are a plague on Muslim society, and those responsible should eliminate them through legal means. What what does that mean? Closing down Hot Topic? I'm not really sure. Abu Ali al-Rubai, a leading Sadr aide in Sadr City, said the cleric's followers had nothing to do with the killings. In this issue, and in all such problems, we always use peaceful and educational methods, bullshit, to correct any wrongdoings, bullshit, We are not connected in any way to those groups allegedly responsible for killing those young people. Allegedly. Allegedly responsible. In the years after the fall of Saddam Hussein, most of Baghdad's neighborhoods were under the firm grip of Sunni and Shiite religious militias, which enforce strict dress codes. Today, the militias have largely disappeared. Baghdad is a far more peaceful place, and many youths experiment with Western styles, although much of Iraqi society remains conservative. You know what? We should introduce Kesha to these people, and then they will be begging for Emo to come back. Uh, I saw them a couple weeks ago, a bunch of girls, high school age, walking together, dressed in black. They had long black eye makeup and bracelets with skulls and chains on their handbags with skulls. That's how it's written. Said Abdullah, 31. If they are close friends who have something in common, that's all right. If other things we hear about them are true, like sucking each other's blood or worshipping the devil, that is not accepted in our society. But I think that is just a trend to imitate the West. How about you pick up a fucking book and learn something, you idiots? Uh, First comment, what could be more satanic than accepting the practice of stoning in your society? 
I really I I feel bad for anybody that's born into that into that region that has nine brain cells to rub together because it's it's just one of those things where y'all could be a, just a little bit fucking smarter than that, couldn't you? Seriously? But nope, it's religion that fucks all y'all up. <sighs> and by the way, this uh, Coney filmmaker being detained is uh, all over the place. <laughs> Anyway, I'm trying to find something kind of funny to end the show on instead of that absolutely terrible, terrible thing that we just watched. That I wasn't watched. Uh, fucking hell. I'm looking for something to watch. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So guess what? That's it. We'll see you next week. Bye. America's most listened to talk radio host. Greetings, folks. You're listening to Rush Limbaugh. Let's get right to it. The left-wing feminazi liberal propaganda machine has been thrown into an absolute conniption fit over some comments I made recently. I called a Georgetown law student a slut and a prostitute, and even though I apologized for my terminology, many of my sponsors have withdrawn their support, including the cowards at AOL, the sluts at TurboTax, <laughs> and the prostitutes at the American Heart Association. <laughs> but despite losing those and 89 other sponsors, I am not worried, because I have new better sponsors, great American companies like Sherman's Imitation Mayonnaise. It might not be mayonnaise, but it is a bargain. The Syria Tourism Board. Ah, no, there's nowhere to hide. 
Syria. And Barney's butt crack balm. For when your crack gets chapped. Many thanks to our new sponsor. See, folks, L. Rushbo is doing just fine. What's that? Okay, I've just been told that the sluts at Barney's butt crack balm have pulled their sponsorship. Don't need you, Barney, because I've still got plenty of high-end sponsors, like Moist Books. Hey, who left these books out in the rain? We did. Moist Books. The Mosquito Breeders of America. Ring, ring. More mosquitoes, please. And Depends for Racists. If you pee a little every time you see a Mexican, you need Depends for Racists. Once again, we are very grateful to all our new sponsors. Coming up in the next hour, more details on the Vince Foster murder. But first... I'd like to thank my good friends at Loose Marshmallows. Hey, want to grab a handful of Loose Marshmallows? Okay. Loose Marshmallows. And the Patriots at Lee's Pencil Dollars. Ow, this pencil is too sharp. Here, try this pencil dollar. What is it? A pencil dollar. What does it do? What do you think? It dulls pencils. Fine, sure, give me one. <laughs> Lee's Pencil Dollars. Also, the healthy new snack, Misaki Dolphin Poppers. All the nutrients we need because dolphins are so much like us. So start your day off right with bits of dolphin in your mouth. And finally, the great, great, great people at Schroeder's Fake Rape Whistles. Help is not on the way. So there you have it. Rush Limbaugh, strong as ever, not going anywhere. There could be a nuclear apocalypse, and I would still be right here calling the cockroaches sluts. That's all you get, jerks!